Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Well, hello there. <laughs> Pastor Bob here. Pastor Liz. She's doing something with her cough. I don't know what it is. She's got a, she's got a cough drop in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Out. No. <laughs> oh, okay. no. Don't do that. Wow. And then we have um, Pastor David. Yeah. And... Uh, Unfortunately for all of you listening and watching, I'm asking the questions today. And you know how bad that can get, right? And they wouldn't let me chew gum while I was doing this. You're welcome. You're welcome, see, everyone. See, people, this we care about you. We don't want you, you falling off the chair. <laughs> we care. Oh, yeah. Can't chew and breathe at the same time. Or is that what you're saying? I resemble that remark. <laughs> okay, well, let's get right here in my hot little hands. They're so hot that my Apple phone doesn't work anymore. Wow. Yes. Let's get to these questions. Let's do now, it. we are doing a whole series on leadership still. We mm-hmm. are. Seems this like is it. good stuff. Is this the last one? So far. It could be. Oh. They'll know, know because another one won't show up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we'll know, right? It's a good right? indicator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. See, Everyone knows leadership is not fun and games. It's all serious stuff, that's right? right? That's right. Okay. It depends on what you're leading. Yes. Well, today, especially if you're leading, if you're the boss of the comedy store. Yeah. It is, like fun. A joke it is shop. fun and games. Joke shop. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll just do jokes all today. Yeah. I like that. Actually, I'm really good with this. Okay. Or like something that's... with like puppies. <laughs> that could be fun. Puppies. I want that job. Now, Liz, get close to the microphone because people have been complaining they can't hear you. Mm, mm, You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we want you to talk into that microphone. Okay. Yes. I'll just keep my just like that. My face close. Okay. (laughs) Walking out leadership. Good. Is the topic we're doing today. Mm-hmm. That's for that's for Rose. Mm-hmm. She needs that. She's back there laughing and trying to figure out where we're going. See, the, I do this intentionally so that they'll never ask me to do the questions again, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I do this when I preach. They never ask me to preach again when I'm done. It's great. Until See, the next this time. Is a, this is a leadership skill I'm talking to you all about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We're receiving your wisdom. You're, yes. So. My first question for you, great brainiacs, is this. Why? Don't laugh with water in your mouth. Okay, please. And a cough drop or else we'll all be carrying stuff here. Why is it important for you to have exposure to leadership issues if you're training as a leader? Why? What is a leadership issue? Yes, leadership has lots of issues. Things that issue out from (laughs) leaders. I mean, why is it important to see leaders make mistakes? Uh, no, not necessarily that, but that's a good question. You can answer that one if you want. But but I'm asking, you know, leaders run into things. Mm-hmm. They run into uh, issues in usually with other people in their lives and stuff. And so if you're walking out your leadership, why is it important for you to get some um, exposure to that, to see it, to see it actually happen? Like if someone's training you to be a leader, and they completely keep you in the dark as to the issues that could happen, what happens to you? Mm. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, go, yeah. go ahead, cough drop, lady. <laughs> no, I got Yeah, I get it. My questions are very, yeah. <laughs> my questions are not very deep. They're extremely wide. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to hone in on the yeah, question yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. Well, it is important that 
leaders who are training other leaders bring them in to um, so they are exposed to the realities of leadership. I think that's actually really critical because mm-hmm. otherwise you you will you can train people in the uh, semantics of leadership, but they will never actually observe how people walk through real life issues, whether that's like real life issues with other people and um, delicate situations or things that are, you know, weighty or whether that's them dealing with their own faith. I think there's, there's a lot of issues that come up with leadership that Mm -hmm. are, you have to bring people into and you have to, you know, obviously we try to be discerning when's the right time to bring them in and, and all of that, but weigh the transparency component of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just that, you know, there maybe there's some situations where it's better not to expose certain people at their development to those things yet. But, um, I think if you're just training someone, um, academically, but don't actually bring them in where they can observe you walking it out and -hmm. they can talk about it and they can ask questions and learn like, What's your thought process going through that? Why did you choose to do it this way and not that way? What about this thing? You know, it's like those are the, it's like the kind of the working lab of the, mm-hmm. of the training. That's very good. I think in a previous um, podcast, you mentioned something very interesting. You said that a lot of leadership is caught and not necessarily taught. So mm-hmm. what you're explaining to me now is that that pr- process of catching leadership is actually being brought in alongside someone and seeing how they actually respond to things, yeah. how they deal with issues, uh, what they do. Also, not just issues externally coming to them, mm-hmm. but how they deal with their own situations, their right. own life. Right. How you, and I know that speaks a lot to what we ended the last podcast on, and that was everyone who you know, everyone who's responsible to lead in some area is how will you deal with issues of your own life? Mm-hmm. It's how will you do that? And so I think that uh, that's the question I was asking, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when you encounter an actual human problem, <laughs> it takes it takes things out of the realm of theory into mm-hmm. real life, and you start to say, this is what it actually means. For example, to counsel people when they bring you a legal issue, or when mm-hmm. they bring you a marital issue that you you know you had great theories before. But then when you encounter somebody's actual problem, it's far more multifaceted usually than what you thought. So it, it brings people out of naivete and out of like a, a simplistic view of, of leading people. And, and it gives them a taste of like there's a lot of really thorny, complicated problems that you have to solve. And it takes a lot more wisdom than just, oh, here's the answer I read in a John Maxwell book. Because right. those are all really important. But how you apply the principle um, takes so much experience. And that's that's really what I've... I hope I've been growing in the past mm-hmm. 10 years. I've been growing in ministries, seeing more actual real life <clears throat> situations and issues with people. And I, you know, the way I see things now is so much different than when I first started because there's people are, they require so much care and, and listening to them mm-hmm. and, and not being panicked by the issue too. That's the other thing too, is like when you encounter an issue, I think it, it increases your resilience and that like it keeps you from being shocked at people's problems. Mm-hmm. It keeps you from reacting with harsh judgment because you've seen it before. It's like the first time you ever grapple, if you ever wrestled or you ever did jujitsu or something like that. The first time you get taken down and someone's on you, crushing you, you you completely panic. 
you can't breathe at all. You immediately tap out. You're like, oh. But over time, the more that you grapple, you're like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm close to a person. I'm not freaking out. I know what to do. I know the grips. I know how to get out of this situation. And that's just the example that's coming to my mind is, is you get pressure tested and you get that resilience to like, oh, I've handled this before. I've seen this person do this. I've seen how my leader handled that. I've seen how my pastor addressed that. I at least know who to go to for counsel on this, or I at least know who to involve in this so I can move forward and, and lead in this situation where before I would have just completely freaked out and, and said, I have no idea what to do. You know, you handle this, my, my great leader, you come in right. and save me where now I could maybe speak to some things because I've seen it. So hopefully that answered some. I think it does. And it would, I think the point you're bringing up both of you, and that is that you're, uh, leadership does not occur in a vacuum mm -hmm. and it doesn't occur in a very sterile in, uh, situation and mm -hmm. it's not ever an academic situation. Mm -hmm. Those that's just, it's never those things. It really has real life uh, situations mm -hmm. and real life consequences yeah. and you're affected by it. Yeah. And so if you're not affected, if you're not, mm -hmm. you know, like Jesus was, he's a true leader. He was touched with the feelings of our infirmity. If you're not affected by things, I didn't say overwhelmed mm -hmm. by them. I said, you, you will feel them because you're going to be with people who have things happening in their life that matter. Right. That, you know, they're trying to care for their life. They're suffering maybe losses. They're, they're hurting. And we, 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 those are things you can teach in a lab, mm -hmm. right? That, that happens only in the laboratory of life. And you, how you deal with that, how you walk that out with people, that's really where leadership, that's where it meets the road. The rubber meets yeah. the road on that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But question number two, <laughs> that was a pretty good answer you guys gave. Oh, good, I, I mean, it was a good question. It was a great question. I love when people do that. Great <laughs> question. Like, what are they saying when they say that? <laughs> it means I have no idea. I have what no idea what you're saying. You're, buy, you're buying time. You're buying time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always thought it was. You're right. <laughs> Or you're trying to make it so everybody forgets the question. So whatever you answer sounds yeah. smart. Let yeah. me ask you a question. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you asked me that question. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, second one here is, is good leadership defined by success at all times? Yes. No. No. <laughs> this is good team question number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh why <laughs> oh man yeah i think uh well obviously in this in the sense of like just accomplishing your goals that's it's not always like you could be leading well and not accomplish your goals necessarily that you that you set out to do sometimes the way forward is to go back for a few steps, go back to where something was broken, fix that. Might not initially look like a success in terms of achieving benchmarks or tasks or numbers or or, or what you wanted to do externally. Um, but I, you know, so again, it would depend how you define success. But if it was just meeting goals, I don't think necessarily. I think sometimes you have to go back to the heart of the people you're leading and, and try to say like, well, what is really the the heart behind? what I'm doing here and what am I actually trying to achieve? And, um, so, I mean, in my experience, I've sometimes I've had to just go back to the drawing board with different groups or different ministries and, and say like, let's return to the heart of teaching the word and making disciples. And, um, yeah, it might shrink down a little bit, but at least when we move forward, it's going to be going in the right direction. So it, it takes a little bit of like, you know, can you withstand that initial mm -hmm. outward appearance of failure? in order to move forward towards where you actually want to succeed. 
whether or not you're going to get there, <laughs> at least you're, right. you're trying to figure out where you want to go. So yeah. that's just a thought. Yeah, I think you're right. It does depend. It depends greatly on how you define success. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, one of the things that kills leaders is they define success a certain way, um, mm. like achievement or um, uh, uh, recognition mm -hmm. or um, following in a public way. There's a lot of ways I think leaders can define success for themselves and um, really be set up for disappointment um, in a lot of ways. And so mm -hmm. I think it's, we have to, as leaders understand that success in the Lord is obedience and um, that may or may not have results that are measurable mm -hmm. on, on in this life. And so um, I think that's, that can be one of the things that's hard for leaders because leaders are generally like, achievement oriented they they want to accomplish something right and so it's it's um i believe there's always that point of coming back to my my number one definition of success is did i do what the lord told me to do mm -hmm. and leave the results to him which is really hard when you again are result oriented so what you're, what you're <laughs> saying if i'm hearing correctly is if a leader ha feels like good success for them is something achieving the things that they had planned uh, only nothing else uh then the pitfalls of that are pretty severe it sounds yeah. like oh, sounds absolutely. like you know, the disappointment discouragement all of that because uh you're trying to achieve something that you've created as a uh, uh the the gold standard if you right. will or um uh, taking on other people's expectations of what successful leadership looks like I mean, um, you know, we always go back to Jesus because he, as a natural leader in the world, maybe was not so successful. I mean, he led in the natural, he led a rebellion for three years and then he was killed. Um, he didn't establish the kingdom the way the Jews expected him to. So they are very disappointed in his leadership. Um, he wasn't super successful with all of his disciples. You know what I'm saying? Like from a natural perspective, he didn't achieve that much. <laughs> right. Um, he didn't travel real far. He didn't travel he didn't far. Get, he also didn't get too many. He didn't have any social media. Uh, no, no social media. He didn't get booked into a lot of places either, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> just looking at his life, if you were just to look at everything that happened over the span of his life before and after, it'd be very easily from someone watching from the outside to say, oh, this guy was a flash in the pan that didn't amount to much, hmm. you know? And so I think that we have to just, and obviously, what he achieved spiritually was the most significant thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. But, um, how many people have not recognized that or didn't right. recognize that, you know? So I think it's, it's just, it's something for leaders. Like when you're talking about success, what, how are you defining success? Cause that will really set you up for either, um, contentment and peace or striving or, um, the fear of man, you know, or I'm, I gotta, I gotta look like I'm doing something that's useful. Right. I want my life to amount to something. All of those things that can drive people um, really out of the will of God into other other areas that look like successful leadership, but you've completely failed your assignment. Actually, so that kind of natural mm -hmm. su success sounds like a really strange taskmaster in someone's life. Mm -hmm. Like it just beats you into a place uh, to submit to it and. And maybe you can never, because there's so many variables in life that uh, you you don't have control over, no matter what. Yeah. And so things can be unsuccessful, if you mm -hmm. will, 
for for no reason, uh, well, no apparent reason. Right. And uh, then yet they could be very successful for somebody else for no apparent reason. <laughs> it just right. was the right time, yeah. you know? And so it's a interesting uh, scenario you put out there. It's, yeah. yeah. I think you'll, and you'll mm. never be able to fulfill everyone's expectations of you. Mm. Mm. You never, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. never will. People want, yeah. people want their leaders to be, have the right answers, be friendly, mm-hmm. have time for them. Uh, be in prayer, you know, hours a day. How, I mean, they want them to be a good speaker. They want them to uh, be financially, you know, mm. knowledgeable. I mean, there's so many things people have expectations of. You will never be able to fulfill no. so everyone's expectations of a successful leader. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. I can barely fulfill one of yeah. my own expectations, <laughs> let alone everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of the outward success, Ecclesiastes talks about it where it says, oh, as no. for us, like the race is not to the swift or the fight to the strong, but time and chance happen to them all. Yeah, And like, have we actually internalized that, that Mm -hmm. sometimes the Lord blesses things that are, I just heard Jeremiah Johnson say like, he'll bless an Ishmael It's something of of the flesh. Right. And so just because there's things that are being outwardly blessed, it doesn't necessarily mean the undertaking is from God. Mm -hmm. I was thinking when you were talking about Gamaliel in Acts four, four and five in the Jerusalem Mm -hmm. council, he's a Pharisee and he goes, you know, Thutis rose up and said he was the Christ and then he died and all his followers went away. And then this guy stood up and mm-hmm. said he was the cross, the, the, the Christ and all his followers went away. So let's just basically look at this. If this undertaking of the apostles is from God, we're not going to be able to hinder it. But if it's from man, it will fail. Right. And so like God's view of success is a long-term success is fruit that abides like, and in the immediate, like Liz said, <clears throat> Really, it was it was an immediate in the immediate sense a failure of Jesus's movement. But if you fast forward three hundred years, the whole Roman Empire was Christianized, <laughs> so that bore fruit long term. And that takes a lot of faith to say like, if I walk by faith, even if I affect one person, even if I affect if I make two disciples, that ripple effect has enduring fruit. And yeah. um, and it's looking at it God's way instead of looking at it from the world where it's just time and chance. I hope it worked out. I, I hope it was, you know, uh, you know, the right time for the product, whatever, you know, it hit, <laughs> the, hit the shelves at the perfect moment. Right. That's what you have to depend on if you're not depending on the providence of God. That's very good. Well, this is really appropriate. Like I said, we're talking about walking out leadership and how you do it in every aspect of your life. And some people are called very specific areas of leadership and some, like I said earlier, just your life. And that is a pretty important component of that because you could, uh, you have an assignment to make disciples. You could be making a disciple that's going to affect millions and millions of people. Mm -hmm. You just, you don't know Yeah, actually. Or you could be, uh, affecting somebody who's going to affect somebody, right? Right. You might never. How many of the, you know, if yeah. we look at success, like you were saying, in Jesus' life didn't look very successful. The apostles, they didn't look like they had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at their lives, every single one of them, maybe except for John, uh, you know, being martyred, it's like that was not successful. Mm-hmm. That didn't look so great. And then what about the, you know, prophets and people in the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. They, you know, mm-hmm. hey. The people around them probably like, well, that guy wasn't a prophet. None of his stuff came to pass. They did not receive what was promised. Right. It's amazing, (laughs) isn't it? Well, here's another question for you. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Um, Is it essential to any mission or calling to have a focused strategy? And we're talking about a leader. When you're a leader, is it essential 
to have a focused strategy. Mm. Yes. I'm going to ask a lot, a lot of, I'm going to ask a lot of questions or is it is it actually the leader's job to do that? Is that one of the jobs of a leader? And if you're leading in your own life, is that a pretty important job, essential job to have a focused strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you want to define where you're going. <laughs> you think? So if you don't have a vision, try to get one. Will yeah. somebody else define it for you if you don't? Satan. Oh, not him. Right. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, you could, if you just are passive, you're not like, mm-hmm. you're really not setting any sort of a tone or, or moving forward in any way. And, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. You have to, when focus, you said you that, I just thought of a pinball just going, boing, boing, yeah. Boing, boing. <laughs> I mean, we have yeah. like mission statements. We have, you know, statements <clears throat> of intent. We have goals, you know, things right. that yeah. hopefully the Lord has shown you because unless the Lord builds the house, you're laboring in vain. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, articulating that and explaining why you're doing the things you're doing is probably the number one role of a leader to try to get people on the same train as you. So that would just be my first stab at it. Yeah. I, I, I really don't like that. mission statements, but that's just me <laughs> just personally, but I realize that they have some importance or some, uh, you know, there's they have some importance at times, but I believe individuals need to have a focus mm-hmm. and goals and, uh, strategies for those things in their soul. It may, but a good leader, I think, actually uh, knows how to temper that, realizing that you have to change sometimes with things. Right. You can't be so it's stuck adaptive. on your little strategy and your little, you know, goal and your little mission statement that you don't change. Yeah, yeah, I believe the Lord gives strategy and He gives direction. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Joseph. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, the Lord gave him understanding but also the way to to deal with the problem that was coming um and so it's not just enough just to see what can be or what will be you have to also decide how you're going to face it and how you're going to address it and how you're going to prepare for it and so i think those are all parts of of um mission and strategy i think the mission you know that's the vision of where you want to go but how are you going to get there Mm-hmm. It's pretty important um, to lay out for people, <laughs> for you know? people yeah. and knowing that, yeah, mm-hmm. you can adjust it, but um, you have to, you have to be walking um, to be adjusted. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, there's a correction that can come, you know, the Lord will direct your path. He'll direct your steps, but you have to be walking in order for him to do that. So I think sometimes it's the, the leader is the one to say, we're going to go, we're going to go that way. And as we're going, we're open to the Lord can change it. He can move us and, you know, but we're going to start walking. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that about a leader. So my follow-up question is, is it a leader's responsibility to communicate that to people, to strategies and all those kinds of things? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest parts of leadership. Ah, yeah. So you're suggesting don't leave everybody in the dark. Biblically, is that uh, is that true, David? To communicate a strategy, yes, we got write it, the David, vision and make it make plain, it plain that yes, the people I may run that here. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> it is, it good is job. Biblical. Yeah. So that that I think is one of the key the key pieces of leadership is that you you keep it before people's eyes and they're in their ears constantly. Because people forget, you know, it's like I, that's one of the things the leader has to do is responsible for, I believe, is to keep rehearsing, keep rehearsing it to them. Like, mm-hmm. this is where we're going. Yeah. This is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. This is how we're doing it. We're doing it together. Like, you're just like, it's constant. You're just like constantly 
rehearsing this to them, saying it over and over. I know I'm moving my hands a lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> you are? But it is constantly. <laughs> but I think that is one of the, uh, the most effective roles of a leader that people can miss. <clears throat> so is it like, well, I said it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's great. You said it once. Right. And maybe for you it's solidified, but people need to constantly be hearing, this is where we're going. This is why. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to get there. Yeah, they yes. need that. And you said it, and did they hear it? Could they re- repeat it back to you? Did you right. communicate clearly? Also, mm-hmm. did they no. receive it? Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, people, I think we are, some of the ways we're designed uh, is that we need uh, reassurance at yes. times. Yeah. Like everyone does. And it's not... Uh, it's not a show. It's not a you know a sign of weakness or insecurities or any of those things. Uh, I think you know it would be like God telling you He loves you once <laughs> and never saying another word, mm-hmm. never telling you where you're on the road, mm-hmm. never telling you where He's still leading you and guiding you because it's guide His guidance is a continuous thing. It's not a one time. Right. I hope that all works out for you. Right. I think one of the one of the things too is that um, of effective effective leadership and communicating is that then people begin to rehearse it. They begin to say it. They like they pick it up for themselves. You know, it's not just like oh well, mm-hmm. my pastor says this thing. You know, it's like they're they've heard it and they've received it and they've bought it and they've mm-hmm. picked it up and now they can they're saying it and they're rehearsing it to the to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's a really uh, great mark of effective leadership. Mm-hmm. Very good. Do you, uh, this is an interesting question I'm going to give you. I'm just make this one up kind of on the fly, but do you uh, believe that like f- having flexibility, you know, flexible tactics and in the moment decision-making and all those kinds of things, are those critical to being a leader? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will decisively answer that. Decisively yes. answer that. Yes. You Why? Need to be able Why to. is that, David? Because not everything can be planned out, and you know, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> how are good. you going to be able to respond? Are you going to get frozen in fear? Or are you going to say, "Oh, I'm so afraid to make a mistake. I can't. I can't adapt." You know, and um, yeah, of course, you need to have your worldview solidified, and you know, your approach right. solidified right. before you even you know get out of bed in the morning. But once you're up, you're going to be facing things all the time, mm-hmm. and you still have to steer the car like liz was saying like you're going somewhere so that requires sometimes someone cuts you off in traffic you better be ready to slam on the brakes and give them the finger I'm just yeah no because <laughs> oh you're a christian you know? but you gotta thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, but see i mean you can make a mistake every once in a while but at least you, at least you made a decision you know <laughs> at least you made a, it was a wrong decision but you yeah. made a decision <laughs> All right, well um liz well, is in the moment stuff really important for you and your leadership like to be able to be in the moment with things, not give people, you know, the bird. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I think it depends. I, there's some things like, okay, I'm thinking about like leading worship, right? Yeah, I need to be in the moment and very flexible to see mm-hmm. kind of what's happening, where we need to go. Mm-hmm. I'm like assessing, you know, what's happening in the room, what the Lord is saying, how am I going to lead to get from here to here? So I think that mm-hmm. that's like very fluid. Mm-hmm. I think there are other situations, though, that um, there's pressure to make decisions on the spot where you really shouldn't. <laughs> and like your decision should be, I'm not going to make this choice right now. I feel like on the spot, 
decision-making is not as big a part of leadership maybe as people think Do you think that some leaders actually, uh, they're like kind of proud about, oh, I just do it in the moment. I just hear every time from Holy Spirit right then. And I don't have to think about it ever. Yes. I don't have to, you know, I'm just like free spirit just floating through. Yes. And I don't need structure because I follow Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, everyone that's trying to work with them (laughs) is like, can you please give us something? We don't know where you're going. We don't even know where we're starting. We don't know what's happening. And that's the thing. Like you're just going to operate as yourself and with no one else, maybe you can just be a free, you know, free floater. But if you're trying to do anything with other people, always being spur of the moment is like torture for everyone else. And I think really inconsiderate. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, like I said, we're talking about here through all of this is walking out leadership is how that actually looks. And yeah, so everybody, a lot of times people will just idolize someone, although they're just instant in season. They know exactly what to do every time right in the moment that it can be a little weird it can be a lot weird yeah. following somebody like that because there's going to come a time when they aren't going to be in the moment. Yeah. I think though yeah. that's an area where leaders get criticized, but a lot of times you're doing what you have to do of like filling a gap. Like if somebody, if somebody falls out in like a big event or a big production, um, just thinking of like youth camps, you know, <laughs> like sometimes mm-hmm. people don't, they don't necessarily, you have a student leader or you have someone that doesn't necessarily, you're trying to see if they'll step into something and it doesn't work out. And then you just go in and do it or you assign someone else to do it. And, you know, people can criticize those things because, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, that wasn't the plan and this and that. But it had to get done, you know. So sometimes you have to just be like, dang, we just got to do this thing. I just got to I got to step in and, mm-hmm. and intervene sometimes. And, yeah, like I totally agree. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't be like making important, you know, direction setting decisions at the spur of a moment. But. I was thinking more in terms of like filling a gap of something that arises. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. That was more like where you have to really be, you know, okay, let's do it. You know, Absolutely. I might get criticized for this, but I gotta, I gotta take the shot, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't always do that very well, but you know, uh, nobody <laughs> does completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. like I said, in the line of walking out our leadership, um, is for you personally, you know, in your leadership was being equipped and authorized, uh, to make decisions. Was that, how important was that to you? And how important is that to you today? <laughs> oh, you're laughing. I'll just go to authorize David because we'll give her <laughs> a little time decisions. to come down from her, her giggling. And uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've been equipped or authorized to make unilateral decisions ever. Like, I don't know if I've ever, if it's ever been like, David, you have full choice of what you're going to do here on your own. And I don't, I don't even think that would necessarily be a good thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're operating under covering. You're operating... As right. part of a team, you got to share what you're doing right. with other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be put in a position where you are kind of setting the strategy and, and saying, hey, I have this mm-hmm. idea, I want to go after it. Mm-hmm. That's that's super important to know that somebody thinks that you are suited to do that. And that doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're going to always do it without ever being questioned or without ever sharing it with anybody else. And so right. I think that was something I, you know, it took me a while in my ego to get used to that. Of like, okay, it's not just your thing. Like you need to bring other people mm-hmm. in on it and other people need to have input and other people need to check you on it on some things. And, you know, man, it's like, Oh, I wish I could just make all the decisions. I wish I could just be authorized to do everything. But at the same moment, you're going to lose out on so much wisdom, so much experience, and you might be over hasty. Like, you know, so you, you need people to sort of, you know, again, help you steer. So, but yeah, yeah, if you aren't, if you aren't actually said like, Hey, you know, David's in charge of this, like, or he's the teacher or he's this, 
well, it's like, well, who knows then who's supposed to even set the tone for what's being done, what's being taught, what's being imparted. There has to be that. There has to be somebody who's in a position of leadership that trusts somebody else or else it's just one person doing everything. Right. And I think that whole, uh, you know, uh, equipping and uh authorization always falls within the scope of uh, uh boundaries mm-hmm. i don't think anybody is outside of any of all boundaries or should be mm-hmm. i think there may be leaders operate like that i think it's very dangerous for them to operate that way the other thing too is uh if you're uh you know you're the final say all to yourself then when things go well you get all the glory when things don't go well, <laughs> you're holding the bag all by yourself. But yeah. as, as opposed to, and we've talked about this in the past, when you're with the team or when you're under uh, authority or when you're under counsel, and I don't even know if under is the right word, you're with the counsel, mm-hmm. and things don't work out, you still have somebody walking with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, hey, that was your idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> Just like, oh, I guess that failed miserably. You're going to be stuck. <laughs> Uh, bearing the entire weight and burden, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, the buck stops there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Except that really, if you're part of a team, then you know that you're together. Yeah. You know, you're, you, that's, you know, bone to your bone, flesh to your flesh. You have people bearing with you and you're not just all alone out there doing it. But Pastor Liz, did you want to answer this question? Have you, have you come back to? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I just, made me, I just had so many thoughts going on I know, in, my, they, in just my mind. Throw out most of those and give us a <laughs> yeah. good one. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I was just thinking that um, the equipping is important and wonderful. And if you have people that are equipping you, that's like invaluable. I think the equipping that the Lord does by the trying and testing and shaping of your character is the the most important and only he can do that. So I think that sometimes people want like the like, well, I need someone to teach me. And it's like you that's good. And we should find those places. But I think the equipping of like the Lord building into you um, the ability to persevere under under hardship and the ability mm-hmm. to keep walking when you when everything you feel tells you to to quit um I, just i don't know that 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 part of equipping i think we really want to bypass and like just like oh yeah well yeah i know that part but that's like the most essential things is, are the things that god will equip you with mm-hmm. through um, challenge and testing and stretching and um, breaking and all of that stuff that we don't like to talk about. Um, I think that's the most important equipping you will ever receive um, because it won't fail when he does mm. it that way. Um, as far as authorizing, I I personally don't want to be operating in area, any area that I'm not authorized to operate in. Oh, that's a pretty important statement you just made. Yeah, and I believe it. Can you explain it. that? I, I, um, anything that I'm doing, I want to know that I have been intentionally um, been issued authority and um, the ability and the the responsibility and the all the things that come from issuing authority because mm-hmm. um, godly authority all everything that comes from it mm-hmm. it's not just like i authorize you to do this i gave you permission it's not just permission right but there's also god gives you um 
grace, the grace to do it, the competency to do it, the influence to do it, all of the things that come with godly authority. And so I don't want to be doing anything that I have not received authority to do because it, then I'm all on my own. And that's very good. I think that's just like, um, that's actually one of the things for me that I'm like, I don't want to be stepping into something. I don't want to push for something. Um, if I'm not actually going to be authorized to do it. So I think a lot of people, when they hear that word, you know, authority, they, they take it in one direction, mm-hmm. but in reality, I believe when you're talking authority, you're also talking about a covering. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, in, in God, there's a covering when he authorizes you to do something, he's your covering to yeah. do it. And, uh, People, uh, I think they substitute this other idea of authority as like, no, I'm outside of covering now. I can do what I want. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know. Which means you're also outside of anointing. Yes. And that's the, that's the part <laughs> exactly. where like, I don't want to be doing something that the anointing isn't on it. Because that's <laughs> like, for me, that's like, I know that now I've entered into like um, – a death a death walk because now it's all dependent on me and me pulling from my flesh and my abilities rather than being able to pull on the anointing to accomplish things that are impossible Hmm. because without the anointing you can't accomplish it so that's that's how i view authority that's why i'm like i don't want to be doing something i haven't been authorized because that's the anointing flows that way and the ability to actually do it well and to do it in a life-giving way only comes through the issuing of authority. So good. I like that a lot. You know, um, we are talking about, you know, walking out leadership. And so one of the things, and this is kind of a general statement question that we want to talk about is, is, is trust essential in leadership? And, you know, what does trust look like in leadership? Is it just in one direction? Or is it uh, trusting people around you? Is it you being trustworthy? What does it look like when in leadership to you? Oh, they're all laughing again. I give you these hard uh, questions. I want to be slow to speak, but then it's like it's my turn to talk. So I try to do no, the let's, best let's I can. Let's put it on Liz to talk. I've again. already been been pretty honest about my feelings so far. So I'll just say, uh-huh. um, you know, trusting God is the main thing. You know, so for me, leading and following, uh, the trust has to be in God because, mm-hmm. you know, if you trust people, people will fail. How do I know? I have failed people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, so you know, you will you will fail people, right? And yeah. you'll do dumb stuff and. Um, but you have to trust. And I like to add the syllable N like N trust and you have mm-hmm. to entrust yourself to God and, and mm-hmm. to people. And, you know, whenever you lead people, hopefully you're, you're being real with them and you're being transparent. And so you're entrusting yourself to them. You're entrusting even like your feelings and all you're not doing well that day. You know, you, hopefully you would entrust that to them without, mm-hmm. you know, being too gnarly about it, you know, but, um, at the same point, they have to entrust themselves to you. And so if you're not willing to entrust yourself to God and, and to them, how are they going to trust you? You know, And um, hmm. in terms of being called on to be a leader or be in a, a place of authority, yeah, I mean, I would love to be trusted with that. I mean, I'm sure people, you know, I think you can give people a responsibility without actually trusting them. You could be like, well, let's, let's see how they do. Mm-hmm. Let me watch over them. And really you're managing them, mm-hmm. like you're micromanaging them. And this happens in ministry just like it happens in the business world and it happens in families. And you're not really entrusting them with any responsibility. You are going to swoop in if you see the slightest thing go wrong. You're going to check every single thing that they're doing before you see the outcome, right? And so I think that's two different philosophies of leadership. Is it like 
Are you like, are you entrusting someone, authorizing them, validating them like we've been talking about? Or are you going to mm -hmm. manage them, micro, micromanage? Because I know there's an element where managing is important. You got to have, right. have deadlines. I'm not like trying to be totally, um, you know, deaf to that because it's, it's important. Um, and I can grow in that area <laughs> a lot, managing people. I'm not very good at it. Okay. But, um, but that's because I, I so love the idea of trusting people mm -hmm. and putting them in that position. I, Cause I love to be trusted. I, you know, doing the things I'm called to do, like I'm going to go after that a hundred percent with passion, do the best I can um, bring other people in on it. I might fail, but I'm going to go after it a hundred percent. So I like when people trust me with things. Now I know people are growing into that. So I know I'm giving a long answer here, but I think it's an important thing to meditate on and explore of like, you know, trusting people because you trust God. Like if you're like, mm -hmm. Hey, I want to put this person here because I believe this is how God wants me to lead. I can't control all the results. I can't control the mistakes. I also can't control the fruit that comes from it. It could be even greater than I could possibly imagine. Right. If I trust God with it. Um, if I commit it to prayer, if I actually, I don't just chuck it on the person, but I, I walk with them, I pray for them, but then I let them operate. I validate them, right? Um, I love to be led that way and be trusted with things. And so I hope I'm leading in a way that lets people know, hey, you know, I'm here with you, but this is your your thing. I'm going to see how you, you do on this. Let, let's see it come forth, right? Yeah. What do you think, Pastor Bob? What do I think about trust? I absolutely believe it's the most essential thing in leadership. I think if you don't have that component in leadership, both for people and for people for you, that... Um, it all break all leadership breaks down because you start to question everything about everybody. And so no one's leading. Everybody's like, you know, everybody's like, well, no, I don't think that's right. Well, that wasn't right. No, this, you know, and so there's no purpose. There's no focus. There's no goal. There's everything is, uh, people, uh, second guessing everybody about everything. Now, uh, like David, I don't believe that it's done willy-nilly, you know, just throw somebody, hey, guy just walked in. All yeah. right. Well, I don't know who he is. Oh, you know, he just did time in prison for, you know, some bad thing. Let's put him in charge of something, you know. No. Let there him teach a, the youth group yeah, about youth group. deep propitiation. <laughs> yes. So there's, there's a training, obviously. <laughs> there's a testing time. I'm not saying we throw all that out. That's all great. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time, just like Jesus did, it's going to be, this baby's yours. Uh, yeah, I'm going to send a helper. He's going to help guide you some. And if you'll listen to him, I can't even guarantee he'll listen to you. You'll listen to him. I can't even guarantee you'll receive him. But I'm sending him. I'm providing it all. And uh, But then guess what? It's yours. Now you get to do what you get to do. Mm -hmm. And now that, I don't see that as abandoning. Some people might. You know, when people want to manage every single thing about everybody's life, then like David said, micromanage, that's what that is in, uh, I think the actual, the actual, uh, definition of that is that you're, you're doing everything for everybody. And so nobody gets to make it, you, uh, to me, when you do that at that degree, you actually totally you know, telling that person you are not trusted. Mm -hmm. You're, you kill their initiative. Right. Why would they? It's just, dude, you might as well go, you know, and then you'll hear leaders, speaking of walking out leadership, you'll hear leaders go, it's just easier for me to do it myself. <laughs> it's like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know, because then your leadership gets limited mm -hmm. immediately because you will have to focus on something that God may have not sent you to be focused on mm -hmm. and assigned to you. Mm -hmm. 
and you've uh, assumed because you don't trust somebody else and how they're going to do it and they're going to do it ex- they're not going to do it exactly like me that you better get used to yeah. that, that is part of trust actually mm-hmm. you know and they're not they're not going to be you they're not they can't be and so you have to deal with that and that that's the that's how walking out leadership that we're talking about here that's the that's the nitty-gritty of how it works and the give and take mm-hmm. and guess what sometimes there's success Sometimes it's horrible failure, things crashing and burning, and you have to deal with that. That's called life. You know, Christianity is like we've talked in the past. It's risk taking. It's not being, you know, uh, just crazy with everybody's life and not caring and, you know, that. But it's does. There's some risk involved. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh-huh. I like the way you didn't answer that question. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go on to the next question okay. so you don't have to cool. answer that. Hey, that's that good is. leadership skill there. I was really walking out leadership. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, this one I can't. Who's responsible to teach trustworthiness to a leader? Holy oh, Spirit. Oh, that was a trick question. <laughs> no, it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> trick question, Liz. Who is it? Who is responsible to teach it to, to teach a leader? trustworthiness to a leader? <laughs> oh, this is a trick question. I, yeah, I'm uh, not so totally tough. sure because I never you don't totally like this. Sure one. You have you an mean? answer in mind yeah, on this already? I, I probably have an answer in mind, but I, I like to know what you guys think. That person has to allow it to be developed in them. I think that well, that's good. Other yeah. leaders have do have a responsibility to demonstrate trustworthiness um, and to teach it, but I think that there are. Um, trustworthiness is that it's really about the heart. It's I was thinking about that when we were talking about mm-hmm. it earlier, like trust really doesn't have that much to do with like, I think this person's going to, um, you know, do the schedule really well, or they're going to like, I right. mean, there is some of that, but it's really yeah. like, I, you know, like, what am I trying to say? It's not the belief that someone's not going to make a mistake, right? Trust right. is really, really has to do with your belief about their motives for why they're doing what they're doing. Ooh, that's good. I think that's like, um, the key, like when your trust fails in someone is because you don't trust their character. You don't trust their, their heart, their, their motive for what they're doing. It's not because they made a mistake. It's because mm-hmm. now there's something about who they are that you, um, feel is flawed. I don't, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So That's I think right that on. like, so you mean to tell me like teaching trustworthiness to a person doesn't mean, and doesn't strictly involve telling them everything they did wrong, pointing right. out every single thing they messed up or made a mistake on. Yeah. You might have to do some of that. Well, cause trust is so relational. It's uh-huh. like trying to teach relationship to people. Yes. It's like you can, there, there are some things you can teach, but so much of it is, um, it's developed and it's um, it's really kind of wrestled out in your own heart and between you and other people and how much you're like David saying you're willing to trust the Lord to mm-hmm. fill the gaps in between where you are and way where they are and trust that he's put people in their in the positions that they're in and that he knows their heart and he knows your heart. There's so much involved in trust. Exactly. And this is why <laughs> oh I'm going to give you my, okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you the right answer. Okay. okay, no. <laughs> okay good, good, good. Teach us. Teach us. Oh, great. Wise one. <laughs> yes. I, my answer to this would be everybody is responsible to teach trustworthiness to leaders. Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. people who are their leaders, people who are their peers, people who are their subordinates, 
everyone is required because you're bringing to them, like you say, life and going, hey, you know, you, you aren't trustworthy in that one area. You said this, but you didn't. Now, you're not the judge. Mm-hmm. You don't get to execute judgment on that person, but you, you're, uh, the teaching aspect of it to right. a leader is you're pointing it out to them like, hey, that was on you. Yeah. And I think if you don't get that input from people as a leader, you will uh, mess up on trustworthiness. You will, it won't be developed. That character won't mm-hmm. be developed in you. Yeah. You, well, you, I think you know. the interesting thing is that in order to develop trustworthiness in someone, you have to extend trust to them before they've earned it. Oh, yeah. That's like, and that's a big, like, I think that we have this, like the world, like, well, trust is earned. It's actually not. I mean, it is, uh, it is at some ways, but initially you have to extend trust to someone before they've earned it. They can't earn it without it. They can't. You have to give it to them (laughs) first and then you can be, you can begin to develop trustworthiness in somebody, but you have to be the one to take the risk first. I think that that is the only way to actually develop trustworthiness. in. It's like giving a tip before the waiter waits on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought I had read this a long time ago. Probably totally wrong, but they said that tips, that what it stood for was to ensure proper service and it was given ahead of time. And so oh. you give them the money and then they go, they take care of it, yeah. uh, you know, but unless you extend that to them, they have no way of proving right. what their character is. Right. Because yeah. your character only gets proved in life. Yeah. It doesn't get proved with you just how you talk or the things you you know you present to people or how smart you are mm-hmm. character's not proven there it mm-hmm. never has been mm-hmm. yeah Boy. well i think this speaks to you know you yeah. asked a question in one of our other ones about like what if someone doesn't see someone that's um that they feel could take over you know it's like mm-hmm. sometimes the only way is actually to you may see you may not see anybody that's qualified in front of you and you have to take all of these unqualified people and extend trust to them mm-hmm. and see what, see what they will develop into. Yeah. And I think that if we're trying to withhold trust until we mm-hmm. see, um, trust, trustworthiness, we have it backwards. It actually is up to us to extend it first in order to see it in them. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I have all these other weird questions for you guys, mm-hmm. but we're not going to go over those because okay. I think you're ending on a really good note. Actually. Because um, I think that is a big component of leadership. It's it's Huge. really bringing people into a place where you give them the opportunity to be trustworthy. I mean, and that and Jesus did that for his disciples. Mm-hmm. He's done that for us. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantees in that. And so, with that, mm-hmm. I think we can end this thing. We can land this guy right here. Well, I hope that you found something in this that was worth listening to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess some of the jokes at the beginning were really worth it. Those by themselves, you could just replay oh, those bad boys over and goodness. over again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, hey, God bless you and your leadership and what you're doing. And I pray that God will work in you, uh, really solidify in you a character that is so trustworthy that people around you, that you become a magnet. You become people, they want, you know, people want to emulate you or Christ in you. So with that, God bless you and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, go to spiritschoolofministry.com.